wantin' all to be safe and serene for you. His Scottish burr, somewhat softened by his many years in the American South, was suddenly strong again. His words were filled with passion. He leaned toward her, gripping her hand so hard that it hurt. But he was alive and touching her and she couldn't cry out. No, Dad, don't worry. I'll never sell the store. It's your store. You'll get better. I can see that now. You'll come home and... No, you cannot sell the store. And the book, class. You must read the book. Never doubt what you see or hear. Never fear for your sanity or that of the world. Turn to the book. The answers are in the book, and it will bring you through heaven and hell and all realms in between. Do you hear me, lass? Do you hear me? Oh, I love you, Danny, my girl. I love you so much. Cling to my words and live long, but mostly live well. You're brilliant and beautiful, but the world changes. The book, Danny. Read the book and look to it in all things. His grip on her hand eased. He fell back on the bed, his eyes closed and his lips silent. Danny jumped up and rushed to the door, her tone frantic as she called out, Dr. Vincenzo, come quickly! Vincenzo appeared in another doorway and strode down the hall toward her. He spoke to me. He spoke and fell back, but he spoke. Vincenzo frowned and walked over to the bed. He laid a hand on Angus Cafferty's arm, then turned to face her. Miss Cafferty, I know this is a difficult time. I was trying, I... He paused and shook his head. Miss Cafferty, he did not speak to you. He had passed when I left this room. I wanted to give you a few minutes alone with him before having him brought down to the morgue. What? Danny gaped at him blankly. No, no, she said. My father sat up and spoke to me. Vincenzo looked at her pityingly. He's been gone for at least thirty minutes now, Miss Cafferty. Feel his arm. He's growing colder already. I'm so sorry. I can see how you loved him. But he's, what, almost ninety? He had a good life. And he was certainly loved. No. No, you don't understand. He talked to me. He sat upright and he spoke to me, Danny protested. Vincenzo wasn't going to argue with her. He pursed his lips as if forcing himself to keep silent. Is there someone you could call to be with you? He asked. I can see if we have a chaplain or a priest in the hospital. She frowned at him, shaking her head. I haven't lost my mind. He's gone, Miss Cafferty. I'm so sorry, but your father has passed. Danny winced. She held back the tears that threatened and said with dignity, I'm fine. I will stay with him a moment longer if that's all right. He left. She sat at her father's side, and when she took his hand then, she knew the truth. The mighty Scot who had filled her life with love and adventure was dead. Her tears came then in a river. Danny. She looked up. Billy McDougal, tall and thin as a reed, a man who had seemed as old as her father, 
but was twenty-odd years younger, stood in the door. He was accompanied by Jane Pearl, her father's office manager, bookkeeper, and sometime clerk. They were like family. They were her family now. Come, lass, Billy said. Come away now. Your father was old and tired, and he needs to sleep now and rest from the weary rigors of this world. He loved you, lass, and he was loved in return. And that is the true measure of any man's life. Danny, we'll take you home. We'll get you a nice cup of tea with a shot of scotch or whiskey, and it will help you through the night, Jane said. Billy walked in and stood over Angus's body, his cap in hand. I will continue in your place, my dear friend, he said. And to Danny's ears, it was like a vow. As if Billy, too, believed that Angus could still hear him.